0: It's a foot race, and Crowder is in there.
1: A 69-yard touchdown. Takes a shot. Here's Cohen Davis, wide open. Davis, still going, and he's in for the touchdown.
0: He'll hit immediately, he, immediately he got the handoff. You know and what? That's the <laughs> q Oh, my gosh. Listen, thank you.
1: From the playlikeajet.com digital studios. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And it's time for the midweek news and notes. So for that, we bring in our friend covering the Jets for NJ.com, Mr. Daryl Slater. Daryl, some warm weather and a lot of changes over Florham Park.
0: Yeah, been an interesting week for sure. Yeah, Monday, of course, two days ago from when we're talking right now. And the Jets move on from Sam Darnold and uh, move on with Zach Wilson, who, you know, everyone knows he's going to be the pick now at two. And so the decision is made by Joe Douglas and one that will define his time in Forum Park uh, for, for better or worse.
1: I want to get to the smirk that spoke 10,000 words at the press conference in a bit. But first, I already talked about my thoughts on the Darnold trade. Nick Spano and I did a whole show on it. I want to know what your thoughts are. What do you think here, Daryl?
0: Yeah, like I think in a vacuum they were probably right to move on. And I, we've said it before. Um, you know, I don't think Sam Darnold's a franchise quarterback. I know you don't. Um, I guess it's possible that he could revive his career in Carolina. Um, you know, the jury's still somewhat out on him. I understand that. So no one can definitively say he's not a guy right now, which is why the Jets got what they got for him. So, solid enough return i i guess in in the trade one premium pick there with the second rounder um and look i think keeping donald and drafting a quarterback would have would have been silly i think the move was either draft the quarterback at two or keep donald and, and trade down All right so joe douglas made his decision and i think it's not like one is definitely going to be right right so i think we can question this and look at it and say Joe Douglas potentially left a bunch of picks on the table there if in, the, in a potential trade-down situation. Um, and he's hitching his wagon to Zach Wilson, who is not Trevor Lawrence and is not Andrew Luck, um, and is moving on from a guy who obviously over the last three years did not look like either you know, a great prospect either, didn't have a lot of help around him. So for people to look at this and say, like, great call, absolutely right decision, there's no way you could say that right now. And this is more a decision because not only of the importance of the quarterback pick um, not only uh, because he's, he's giving up on Sam Darnold while Darnold's still young, but also thirdly, because you know, he, he potentially left a, a massive draft haul in a trade down situation on, on the table and, and decided to not go that route. Uh, this is a decision that will, uh, you know, follow Joe Douglas for however long he is the Jets GM and beyond that. So I think for, for people to look, I understand that people were ready to move off Sam Donald because the numbers just were ugly. Um, but for people to look at this and say that, you know, Joe Douglas got it right. Like why, why? Like, I mean, the guy has gotten a few things right for sure since he's been the Jets GM, but like, it's interesting that the current GM always gets the benefit of the doubt because he's not the last GM, right? John Idzik was a guy, you know, so savvy until it, that, that didn't last long. Right. But until he wasn't right. Mike McCagnum, um, you know, Got the benefit of the doubt for being. Oh, he, he was a scouting guy, you know. He he had good scouting acumen. You know, he he he's not Idzik. He's better than Idzik. Well, he he wasn't, right? So Joe Douglas was with the Eagles. You know, he helped the Eagles build a Super Bowl team. Okay, sure. But do we know for sure that he's going to fix the Jets? Do we know for sure that you know picking Zach Wilson is the right move? Uh, you know, it's probably the obvious move too. Like, uh, he's he's the safer pick than Justin Fields or Trey Lance or Mac Jones. That's not to say none of those guys could be a better quarterback than Zach Wilson eventually. Um, So we don't know. I mean, that Joe Douglas is going, you know, look, he's gotten some stuff wrong. He let Robbie Anderson walk. He, by his own admission, that was wrong, the wrong decision. And he's done some things. um, You know, his batting average is not, you know, elite yet. I mean, he has a very small sample size to work with. Of course, one draft um, because he was hired, you know, obviously after the draft in 2019, and then really just, what, two off seasons so far, and we don't know how the signings to this off season are going to work out. So the whole big takeaway here is it's another leap of faith, right, for, the, for Douglas to some degree. It's an informed leap of faith. But for Jets fans, to, to, trust, uh, to trust that Douglas is finally the guy after the failures of McCagnan and Idzik and Leighton and Tan and and to trust that, you know, I was texting with a <laughs> longtime Jets fan about this, Uh, and he said, I forget what he said. I said to him in response to whatever his initial text was, I said, eventually like one of these quarterbacks has to work out. Right. Like some, one of these guys right after, after, uh, Darnold after, um, you know, not in this order, but Mark Sanchez, Geno Smith, Christian Hackenberg. So all those recent quarterbacks who just haven't worked out, who are reasonably high draft picks, um, I said, one of these guys has to work out, right? And he, he just responded with the shrugging guy emoji.
1: <laughs> I, said,
0: I said, well said. You know, spoken like a Jet fan, a guy who's been around the team and followed this team since I guess the late 70s, early 80s, who understands, you know, all the post-Nameth hell that this team has been through a quarterback. So I guess eventually one of these quarterbacks will work out. Maybe it's Zach Wilson. But to sit here and say for sure that this guy is the savior – and that Joe Douglas is, you know, the one to get this done is insane. Uh, if if the Jets are the number one pick, and and Trevor Lawrence was the pick, I think we obviously would be more sure about that. Um, but that's the beauty of, that's the beauty and agony I guess for for fans following this team is the endless hope of of a better tomorrow that that really has not <laughs> been realized in a long, long time. So. That's where the jets are at. And we're not going to know. We're not going to know. We don't know right now. And we're not going to know for, you know, certainly maybe not until at the end of the 2020, 2022 season. So that's sort of where I stand on, on the, on the trade.
1: Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Cautious optimism is what I like to say as it pertains to Joe Douglas. I like quite a bit of what he's done so far, but he doesn't have the proven track record yet as a general manager for us to have anything resembling Blind faith, the way that, say, 49ers fans would have with Bill Walsh when he was in charge and had Carmen Policy and all those guys building that dynasty in the 80s for the San Francisco 49ers. Joe Douglas does have a ton of ammo, though, now. 21 picks in the next two drafts. We'll see if he ends up Using them all the way that John Idzik did with the Idzik 12 didn't work out so well for him, so maybe Douglas learns from that mistake and uses those picks to move up and down the draft board, but the key here, Daryl, is you can have as many assets as you want, but you gotta hit on them. And the biggest decision here, as you said, is going to be at number two. We all assume that the quarterback is going to be Zach Wilson that they select at number two overall. And Joe Douglas certainly added fuel to that fire at the press conference that he did with you guys. He was asked by Rich Simini of ESPN... About Steve Young's comments that the coaching staff had committed to Zach Wilson And he let out a huge grin And then more or less didn't deny anything Steve Young said And gave credence to it by saying Well, you know, Steve is very plugged in at BYU So he almost seemed to be tipping his hand there Or as close to tipping his hand as we've ever seen with Joe Douglas Talk to me a little bit about what was said during that presser Including that grin that made everybody in Jetsland go, whoa
0: yeah. I mean, and, and if honestly like that, yeah, I, I don't think that that should be a surprise to anyone, but I think he, he was, he went about as far as he, he would go with saying what they're going to do. Right. So uh, he was asked a couple of times, like, will you be staying at two and drafting quarterback? He said, I think that's a fair assessment. Okay. The answer to that is obviously yes. He was asked about trading down from two. Now he said, never say never, but obviously that's not happening. So he ruled out trading down. He says he's staying at number two and taking quarterback. He was asked about Zach Wilson, and you know offered the grin and all that so uh you know he's not going to come out and say yeah we're drafting Zach Wilson um I think even even the Jaguars are still playing along and playing coy with with the Trevor Lawrence thing just for the whatever theater of the draft and whatever silly suspense there's going to be there when and we all know in reality the suspense starts at three uh, and whether that pick will be Fields or Lance or Mac Jones or probably Fields right so um yeah, so he he basically said what he's going to do. So you, now you have, you know, three weeks till the draft or whatever. Three weeks, basically, about and you know what the Jets are going to do with two and the the only suspense is really what they're going to do with their with their uh, pick later in in the in the first round and their other picks because they do have a lot of roster holes. I mean that's the thing. It's not like everyone's up. Oh, that's Zach Wilson too. Oh good, we know what that's going to happen. Everything's settled. Everything's fine. Like no, I mean there's still an immense amount of pressure on Joe Douglas. Um, to get these other picks right, too. I know everyone wants to, like, pat this guy in the back for trading Sam Darnold, getting a second-round pick for him, um, you know, moving on from from Darnold and um, because, you, you know, he wasn't liked. As a player, you know, I think everyone thought he was a good enough guy. Um, but as a player, he everyone, you know, he couldn't run run his course. So, yeah, I think everyone, is, you know, wants to give Joe Douglas a pat on the back for that. But there's a lot of work to be done here with this roster. And, and yeah – two is important but you know it continues at number 23 and number 34 and 66 and then they got the number 87 so those are what one two three four other picks there in the top 87 from 23 to 87 that that he is that he faces significant pressure to get right I mean if you're making those premium picks and you have that many roster holes and you say you're going to be rebuilding through the draft well, you better do it. I mean, you talk about especially the late first-round pick, and then the one, the extra one in the third round. You got to make do on these, uh, you know, on these trades. You got to make good on these trades when you're trading away first-round picks. So that's what one point Joe Douglas brought up yesterday was um, the number of first-round picks the Jets have traded away. Um, like Leonard Williams, obviously Joe Douglas didn't make that pick, but he did trade him. And he said, "Look, you know, we've only." we've only really run one of those picks up in terms of making an Ashton Davis last year. Okay. That's fair. So now comes the time when you got to make good on, Hey, Jamal Adams out the door. You didn't want to pay him. Who's the pick at 23? Who's the third round pick. If those guys become pretty good players, great. Uh, if not, then the trade was a failure. So, um, I think that's how you have to look at it. The um, Jury's still out, but we're getting closer to having more answers about um, whether Joe Douglas can get this done, and um, a lot, a lot of work remains. A lot of work remains. Zach Wilson is n- is not coming into a perfect situation. It's better than 2018 for Darnold, but it's not. It's far from perfect.
1: Anything else interesting that was said at the presser?
0: You know, no, I think the one, the one thing that stood out to me, and it's really the only thing I wrote off the presser because. It was the only new point. Uh, yeah, I mean, they, they said they didn't want to draft Keith Darnold and draft the quarterback because they didn't want the controversy. Like, okay, fine, that's fair. That's normal to expect. It was interesting to hear Joe Douglas come out and say the one, the one point he made about hitting the financial reset button. And I wrote a little bit about this yesterday. Um, and this ties into the fact that they do have a lot of other holes on their roster, right? So Joe Douglas um, looked at this and he said, hey, Sam Darnold's got a year left in his rookie contract. They would have had to commit right now this off season or not commit to 2022 at 18 million bucks for the, um, for the fifth year option in 2022. Right. So I wrote a little bit about how the numbers break down, right. That's about what 28 and a half million dollar cap commitment over the next two years for Darnold uh, with the way Wilson's ca- contract works out because the rookie contracts are dinged a little bit by the, you know, pandemic uh financial impact um and even when you factor in the the about five million dollar dead money hit darnold has got this year joe douglas has basically got about 9.2 million more in cap space to use from 2021 to 2022 by by doing this by picking wilson over Darnold. that's basically how the math works out right so that's what he means when he talks about hitting a financial reset button getting a quarterback at the start of his rookie contract, trying to build around the quarterback in his rookie contract window. That's what the Giants are trying to do with Daniel, Daniel Jones, why they spent big. That's what the Eagles did with Carson Wentz. And it's funny, like you know, Joe Douglas was there with Carson Wentz in Philly. Yes, he didn't win the Super Bowl. Wentz didn't, but he helped the Eagles get there uh, and have a great year. Uh, so it's if Zach Wilson winds up following Carson Wentz's track, right, no one will care right because the jets will have the super bowl zach wilson flops, whatever like the jets fans would be good for like what 20 years 30 years if they win a super bowl right like they could do the die happy thing just like the cubs fans right um and so yeah i think that would be interesting to see if if, if that is a similar track like if wilson has a little run like Wentz did it helps him win the super bowl <laughs> he plays <laughs> out but I, but if you're able to take advantage of the rookie contract window, which is what Joe Douglas basically said, you know they're hitting the financial reset button. They don't have to worry now about Sam Donald coming out and maybe playing well this year, and then oh oh boy, what do we do? Do we commit to an extension that might be terrible? Um, now they're getting a guy for super cheap, relatively speaking, uh, and they can build around him because they have so many other uh, roster holes to plug cornerback um, that they have to. You know, do some spending on next, next, next offseason, of course, because the bulk of free agency is over, but they still have to address the problems around Zach Wilson so that we aren't sitting here in two years and saying three years and saying, who is Zach Wilson? His numbers are terrible, but so is the supporting cast around him.
1: And if Zach Wilson is going to be the number two pick, it's because the Jets refused to move from that spot. During that press conference, Joe Douglas made it very clear that there haven't been any substantive discussions about the number two pick, which leads back to the original thesis here, which is that the Jets are going to pick Zach Wilson at number two, and they are not going to move off of that. And that's why they moved Darnold when they did. But some people think that moving Darnold might have been a mistake. One of those guys is Dan Arlovsky, former guest of this show. I think he's the president of the Sam Darnold Fan Club. You had a chance to speak to him. What did he have to say?
0: Yeah, and, and I think as you look at this um, situation, like I said, it's multi-layered. I mean, it's, it's, you talk about the Jets not getting calls for two. I mean, it's chicken and eggs type stuff, right? I mean, teams know now. Now, if it may, and maybe they've known for a few weeks now that the Jets are staying there, right? So if they know, you're not making the call, right? Um, I, you know, so you can put, kind of parse that however you want. But Dan Orlovsky, I talked to him earlier on Monday before the trade for another story I'm working on. And, uh, <laughs> and I threw in a question at the end about what should they do with, with Darnold? Uh, And and what should they do with a second pick? And again, this was like a couple hours before the trade happened. And he said that they, you know, he raised the point that I think other people have raised. He said, keep Darnold, give him another chance, trade down, get more picks. And his point was, what's more likely? That you stay at two and then Zach Wilson becomes a great player or that um, you hit on your uh, however many percent of those extra picks you're getting, extra premium picks you're getting from trading down, and you can build around uh, Sam Donald presuming Donald eventually pulls his weight and, um, and becomes a good player in his, in his own right with presumably a better supporting cast because of those extra draft picks. So, okay. I thought, you know, reasonable point. His point was, um, you know, two was, you know, no one can say definitively that (laughs) I said, you think Sam Donald's a lost cause? And his response was kind of funny. He said, fudge. No. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think anyone could say for sure that Darnold's a lost cause, which is why the Jets got a second-round pick for him. Um, and we've been over this a lot on here, and, and they, you know, he's not a lost cause because they failed to build around him. Dan's point too was that you know the likelihood that Wilson will thrive—it's not like Patrick Mahomes because he's not going into a great quarterback incubator, right? The Jets—they don't have Andy Reid, they don't have a playoff roster. And, um, you know, they don't have Alex Smith there as a mentor, right? So they don't have any of those things that, say, for example, Patrick Mahomes had when when the Chiefs drafted him. So that's not to say Wilson won't become a good player, but it's he faces a, a bit of a tougher road, right? It's better than better situation than Darnold had in 18, but it's still not a great situation. So Dan's point was the one I just finished the last point with, was maybe we're sitting here in a few years and you still don't, you're in the same situation because they haven't um, built around uh, Wilson. So you can approach it however you want, right? I mean, maybe they maybe they would have traded down and made those other picks and tried to build around Darnold and and then oops, well actually Darnold stinks. <laughs> like,
1: <laughs>
0: we have all these decent players around him and maybe he's just Mark Sanchez, right? So um, yeah, I, I I understand what Dan was trying to say, but. Um you know I think there's there's some merit to to what he's saying there because and especially the part about the Jets situation right now like is this a good situation for a rookie quarterback to come into and develop the answer is we don't know it's not seven, 2017 and Mahomes it's not not, you know, I'm sorry, but like uh, Mike LaFleur, just because he has the same name as his brother who's done a great job as a Packers, goes, who cares?
1: Like,
0: <laughs> I mean, like, what does that mean? You know, you know the, the, this West Coast offense. Okay, but the Mike Kyle Shanahan offense has proven to work, right? Did it? You know, and and did it work for Sam Darnold in 18? I know they gave up after Jer- on Jeremy Bates after that year, but uh, yeah, he had some flashes, but you know, it's not like. It made him an immediate star in 2018. So, to to definitively say that you know this is this is going to work for Zach Wilson is there are outside factors here with the composition of the Jets roster um, that you have to wonder. You have to wonder, and the pressure is really on Joe Douglas to. Now he still has a bunch of picks to build around Wilson. Let's not you know, just because he stayed at two doesn't mean he has no picks to build around this guy. Um, he still has a bunch of picks, so they need like Corey Davis has to, of course he had to, you know, we knew he would have to try to live up to his contract. Of course, the, the, it's a huge, uh, you know, the onus is on him now to be the type of guy that Zach Wilson can depend on. Right. And we, you know, to be a number one receiver, which he hasn't been consistently. Um, and so Joe Douglas also has to, you know, some of these other picks we talked about it, the other first round pick, the other third round pick these returns on, say, the Jamal Adams trade, the, that, those, have to, those picks have to be nailed. It's an even bigger deal now because you have a kid coming in who you need to support much better than they supported Sam Darnold.
1: No question about it, and if Zach Wilson is going to be the next quarterback, they're going to have to put pieces around him, which is why I thought it was interesting that Daniel Jeremiah did his latest mock draft and had the Jets picking Aziz Al the edge rusher, as their number 23 overall selection, you would think that the idea would be to use those assets to build around the new quarterback in a way that they didn't do with Sam Darnold. So let's talk about this. You've got Jeremiah's mock draft Then you've got Adam Schefter Who's over at ESPN Coming out and saying He texted Zach Wilson Welcome to New York If he's going to come to New York And he's going to be the new quarterback I like Al Jalari I'm not saying it would be a bad pick But it almost feels crazy For the Jets not to draft an offensive lineman Or some sort of offensive skill player with that pick Given what we just saw happen to Sam Darnold, right?
0: Well, I think if you look at it, I mean, they feel good about back then at left tackle and the major question mark is right tackle, right? So, and they have, you know, significant issues on the interior of, of the line. Um, so what do you do at, at 23? I think everyone looked at this before and said cornerback, maybe. I'm looking at this Jeremiah mock draft and it looks like in terms of the cornerbacks, I, I know this is off your point about giving him help, but, um, but at cornerback, he has, um, uh, Sertain going twelve. He has J.C. Horn going thirteen, and J.C. Horn is the guy that everyone kind of looked at and said, "Oh, you know, maybe he, maybe he would be there." Um, the, he's got the the Vera Tucker kid from USC going nineteen. He's got Greg Newsom, a cornerback going twenty. So these guys are off the board. He's got Saw, the offensive tackle from uh, Virginia Tech, going twenty-one to the Colts, and and actually Caleb Fairly Farley um, going twenty-two to uh, the Titans. So so in this and the way he has this rolling out, I guess I can kind of understand the projection there because he has some pretty darn good cornerbacks, and pretty darn good offensive alignment uh, off the board. The Kevin Jenkins kid from Oklahoma is an offensive tackle. He has him going 24th to the Steelers. So maybe, maybe that's again, sticking to his projection here. Maybe, maybe that would have been a projection that I think people would have preferred or the, you know, Asante Samuel jr. The cornerback 28 to uh, the saints. So, yeah, I, I think in a, in a, you look at the centers, Landon Dickerson um, from Alabama. I, I don't; he, he's got him going twenty acts. The Packers, you know, they, they gave McGovern the contract last year that hasn't worked out. Um, they're committed to him this year because of the contract structure. So, yeah, I mean, the, the line is not great, and Joe Douglas has not done a superb job rebuilding this offensive line. And and yeah, so there are still major concerns there. It's the same thing Daniel Jones has going on with the Giants and the significant concerns on the line, just like the Jets, they add a so-called number one receiver in Kenny Galladay. So uh, when you have as many holes as these teams have, it's hard to address them all in one off season. But yeah, I've seen people project Najee Harris, the the running back from Alabama. I I don't know if I would do that at 23. You talk about wanting to get a weapon for Zach Wilson. I don't know if that's the answer. I don't know if you want to take a running back in the first round. I, I know the Jets have, um, you know, a question mark there at, at running back. Um, but it, it's almost like Douglas just has to hope some of these guys, you know, i.e. Chris Herndon mainly, can finally turn the corner, right? I mean, like, and, and the Mims takes the next step. And so maybe he looks at it and says, all right, let's just hope that the guys we already have and know a little bit about, Herndon, Mims mainly, young, young players I'm talking about, take that next step. Right. And that Davis lives up to the contract and then maybe they can get away with picking a defensive player at 23. So maybe he looks at it like that. Right. I think um, you have to kind of look at the guys on your own roster and, 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 and do a little bit of finger crossing. And that's what they're going to have. That's what they have to do with Mims who flashed a little bit last year. And that's what they have to do in a big way with Herndon who just has not, has just not turned the corner the way people thought he would. So I, I, yeah, maybe that's the thinking if they go defense at twenty three. You know, edge rushers is interesting I mean, they just got Carl Lawson, so you know, I don't know. I mean but they do need a freaking pass rush in a big way, right? <laughs> so uh so I, I I don't know enough about the, the kid from Georgia. Um, but obviously there are edge rushers that go higher in this mock draft, right? Rousseau, um, I think Jalen Phillips would've yeah, he's got Jalen Phillips going at fourteen. So yeah, the Jets are not going to nest, they're not going to get a top ten player at 23, right? So they're going to have to make a little bit of a settling type decision.
1: Last order of business, Daryl. A new quarterback is coming in here, so it was fun to hear from an old quarterback, and I don't mean old as in he's an old man, but former Jets quarterback, and that is Mark Sanchez. He was on the Pat McAfee show, and he compared Zach Wilson to Brett Favre. Here was his quote. He's the kind of guy who will complete a left-handed pass at some point in his career. He might throw one around his back to the fullback. He's that kind of guy, so it's fun to watch. But for a coordinator, you just have to know what you're signing up for. As soon as that ball snapped, you might not know exactly where it's going, but there's a good chance it's going to go to the right spot. He's not your typical five steps and hitch rhythmic kind of guy. He likes to throw off platform in some ways. I feel maybe he does it a little too much when he doesn't need to. When the pocket is clean, I don't need you to do anything special. Just give me the routine ground ball and throw it to first base and we're good. So he's saying that Wilson's a little bit of a gunslinger, which to a degree he is, although I think he is actually really, really good in the pocket. But it's fascinating to hear Mark Sanchez talk about this because If anybody would know what it takes to succeed here in New York and the pitfalls of not actually reaching that bar, it's Sanchez because he had the high highs and the low lows. He himself was never all that great, but... He was the quarterback when they had their most successful run in a really long time, and then he was also here when things started to crumble. So I thought it was interesting to hear his comments talking about Wilson. I'd like to hear more from him down the line about what he thinks it'll take for Zach Wilson to succeed here both mentally and physically.
0: I think that last point's a great one, and that's exactly what I was thinking of when, when you were bringing up what he said about him as a player. I, I want to hear his opinion on whether he thinks this kid has got uh, – he. who knows? I mean, he doesn't know the guy. The mental makeup and what type of mental makeup it'll take to make it in New York, and, and maybe some things that Mark um, you know, would have not – I'm sure he's talked about this quite a bit over the years right? because they've had the other young quarterbacks, right? Geno Smith, Akenberg, Tim mm-hmm. Darnold. Uh, what it would take for, for Zach Wilson to not – You know, have uh, problems. I mean, look, Mark Sanchez. It's not like, you know, I think he, yeah. I mean, would he have done some things differently off the field? Maybe, Uh, maybe, right? I mean, like the reason he didn't work out as a Jets quarterback is because he just wasn't very good, right? Mm. I, I I don't know if there was a lot. I mean, yeah, maybe he mentally, you know, it wasn't he wasn't an ideal fit. But uh, look, if he had the talent, and yeah, I think he would have been, it would have been fine. And I think Jets fans look back. At those teams that made the AFC Championship game back to back, man, there's so many, so much talent on those teams. They did the one part right, right. They put the talent around the quarterback. As it turns out, the quarterback just wasn't very good, so they would never quite been able to marry those two things up. What if they had a better quarterback? Right? You wonder could they have made the Super Bowl? Would they have, um, you know, would they have won the Super Bowl? It's it's possible. A lot of what ifs there, and that's what the Joe Douglas is trying to do with Zach Wilson. Who, yeah, I think. Look, I mean, you can win as a, gun, a gunslinger type player. You can win as a guy who who takes risks and kind of freelances. And you're seeing more and more type of quarterbacks to do that. Like Patrick Mahomes, you know, has some wild throws too at, at times. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, he does a lot of other things well too. You can't just be, and Brett Favre did too. It's not like you can just be a guy out there, <laughs> you know, chucking the ball all over the place. But I think the point that Mark is making there, and I think it's a good one is the sense of fearlessness, right? Uh, you can't, the, you can't be hesitant. Um, there's a fine line, of course, but I think you know to have that sense of fearlessness is not necessarily a bad thing because you can maybe, as a coordinator, harness that more than you can teach it, if that makes sense, right? So if you have that, you can kind of dial it back a little bit on a kid. Whereas if you have a kid that's timid, um, maybe it's hard to draw that out of him, um, you know, without getting too much into like the psychoanalyst analysis stuff. Of course, he's going to have to do other things really well to thrive. Decision making and limiting turnovers, which is was a big issue for Mark, right? I mean, and a big issue for Sam Darnold too. Mm-hmm. Just the decision making part—that's such a huge hurdle for these guys. So, um, it's it's an interesting comparison. I don't think he necessarily was saying he's going to be Brett Far, but I, you know, it was kind of neat to hear him make that comparison. Um, and I think he's speaking as much to, to Wilson's fearlessness as, as anything. So, that can play itself out in a number of different ways, right, in the NFL. Um, but I think, uh, it's not necessarily a, a bad thing to, to have that, to have that asset, um, that gunslinger kind of mentality. Um, but it's going to take a lot as Mark knows, obviously it's going to take a lot more than just that, um, for, for him to thrive here. It's going to take, you know, the mental makeup. It's going to take all these things that, that circling back to what Dan Orlovsky said, you know. Uh, at the end of the, the thing I wrote, he, he was talking about all, all the off field assets that some of the great quarterbacks in, in the NFL have a good, a good, very good to young, you know, great young quarterbacks have. He talked about Mahomes and he, he said one thing about Josh Allen, his teammates would die for him. Um, and he's got this sort of alpha leadership that Patrick Mahomes has. And so does Zach Wilson have that? I, and we'll see, we'll see. That'll be part of it. The decision-making will be part of it. And then as we've said a million times on here, the, year, the people they put around him will be part of it they did that part with mark um and as it turned out mark just wasn't good enough if they do that part with zach wilson and zach wilson is good enough maybe we're sitting here two three years from now and talking about a jets team that did that did great things and uh, joe douglas is you know on the mount rushmore of, of this franchise <laughs> but we're a long way from from that
1: That's a Mount Rushmore that needs a lot more faces on it If we're talking about the front office and coaching staff Trust me, players, they've had some good players, but... They need some help there with the GMs and coaching staff. So I'd be very happy to see Joe Douglas's face put on that Mount Rushmore, metaphorically. Daryl Slater covering the Jets for NJ.com. Thanks so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. Plenty of stuff up at NJ.com, including the Dan Arlovsky bit. And you've got a piece that you're working on that Arlovsky commented for that has to do with the Giants. But you've got plenty of other Jets stuff up there, too. So no matter what it is, if it's New York football related, you got it covered, right, Daryl?
0: Yep. Yep. Uh, and we have a lot of good giant stuff there that my colleague, Zach Rosenblatt does too. So, um, and then just, you know, we, the one thing that uh, kind of tying up a loose end from the trade was uh, what's their salary cap situation right now. I guess they, they, if you look at the effective cap space, they'll have to use for their draft picks um, about 15.4 million is what they're looking at in cap space. And as someone noted on Twitter, um, I didn't mention this in there, it kind of goes without saying, though, they're going to have to sign a veteran backup, probably. So that'll chip away at the 15.4 million in cap space. Um, you know, effective cap space that they have right now. And, but they can always look, I mean, I think the the reader made a good point on Twitter. Yeah. They have to sign a veteran backup and he's like, Oh, well they can make some roster cuts on the line. It's like, I I don't know. Like I know Alex Lewis and and Greg Van Rotten were not great players last year, but can you afford to cut those guys? That's another topic for another day. But, um, it's, it, you're not going to certainly signing a veteran backup to one year deal is not going to eat up all 15.4 million of that effective cap space. So that's their one thing that they're going to have to get done. Maybe that's enough to maybe get Richard Sherman in here on a, on a cheap deal. I mean, I just from a, just from a media perspective, I, I think that would be awfully fun. Just letting Joe Douglas know <laughs> <laughs> that none of us would mind covering Richard Sherman. I remember Richard Sherman when he was at Stanford, I covered a <laughs> bowl game, with him, and he was an awesome quote. That I think he was like a receiver in college, but whatever. He later, maybe at that point, he was a cornerback. But he was he was an awesome quote. Has continued to be. So, from a selfish standpoint, please sign Richard Sherman.
1: <laughs> <laughs> there you go, Daryl Slater stumping for Richard Sherman because he wants some good quotes. And if you want to read some good quotes, make sure that you follow Daryl on Twitter at Daryl Slater. And read his work over at NJ.com. And check out what we're doing at PlayLikeAJet.com. Luke Grant's got a great article up right now talking about the Joe Douglas presser And what that smile that we all Looked at and laughed about Could really mean in terms of what the Jets are going to do at number Two overall Pace's playbook Brand new episode Kayla Pace has That up on our YouTube channel breaking Down the trade not just for the Jets and Panthers but also For Sam Darnold what it means for him We've got a brand new episode of Play like a Jet live if you missed it We ran it with you stadium So now you can go and catch it on our YouTube Channel go ahead and subscribe there if you you haven't already and if you haven't given us a five-star review on itunes if you could go ahead and do that for us really appreciate it easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing doesn't take you much time doesn't cost you any money but it goes a long way to help us out so if you could go ahead and do that for us we'd be quite grateful and for the latest and greatest in new york jets podcast and content you know where to go that's play like a jet digital and